source for two-part episodes. I just want to welcome everybody. Uh, We uh, started doing an episode about impeachment last week, and we had so much fun talking to each other. I mean, Pat didn't, because he he really took it on the the chin a little bit. It was Uh, was fun. It was a fun time. um, I am your most uh, loud host, maybe? Okay. Nathan? I'm your most voluminous host, Andy. And I am your devil's advocate host, Pat. <laughs> your your sometimes uh, Republican friendly. Yes. Hey, listen, okay. I, so I I swing be, in the middle too. But I want to be Republican friendly too. It's just, they make it hard sometimes. So I do I do want to apologize if this cut seems a little disjointed. We're gonna try and do a good job to transition back into this episode, but we had a lot to say at once. And uh, it kind of turned into a bigger monster than what we uh, could deal with, but it was it was a great time. I, you know, even though I had a hard job, I still had a fun time doing it. So and I love talking to you guys. It's always interesting to have these conversations, especially when I'm right. Definitely. But it's but it's still the same week, so we could do how's your week, but. How, guys, how has your ten seconds been between the last time we finished an episode and this episode? Who. Since then, I did a whole episode. There's, oh, wow. I'll tell you my favorite thing that I did since last episode. I uh, counted 10 on my fingers silently, and you guys didn't talk. It was really good. It <laughs> made it easier for me to edit. Like, it wasn't the not talking part. It was the thing will make it easier for me to edit yeah. when I go back into Audacity later. It, it's weird. I actually I feel kind of sweaty. From, from you know, working really hard today. We joke, but we do have a very difficult time with that, listeners. At some point, maybe we'll let you in on that that little peek behind the curtains. I think our tagline is going to have to be, we should do an episode about that. <laughs> it, so it is my favorite joke, and we haven't done it in a little while, but my favorite joke is interrupting Nathan during the 10 seconds. <laughs> I feel like it only gets funnier with time. And the more times that you do it and the more uh, is at stake, the more, like, of our time and his time that we waste doing it, mm. the the infinitely or, I guess, exponentially more funny that it is. But we didn't we didn't do that this week. So just to, <laughs> you you guys know, were, just to give you, you a guys break. You guys are very good this week. Anyway, yeah. um, well behaved. thank you for coming back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed part one. Uh, here comes part two of our impeachment episode, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace! Try and actually do the episode that that we're on at some point. Ten episodes? So the point here is, impeachment, Trump has been impeached, he has completely confessed to what he did, as has everyone around him. And so now we're waiting on the Senate because... Um, Nancy Pelosi is, has not yet delivered, as far as last I checked, she hasn't yet delivered the articles of impeachment to the Senate. She was holding it up because the Senate needed to decide on how they were going to hold the trial, um, before she could then announce which member of the House of Republicans was going to be the official spokesperson, the quote-unquote lawyer, defender, or I guess prosecutor. No one is kidding themselves that he will be convicted in the Senate. Right. Nobody is nobody is delusional enough to think that two-thirds of the Senate, which is Republican majority, will have enough Republicans to side with the Democrats to so, impe- to to convict on articles of impeachment they're sitting 
president. president. No doubt about it. So, I think, so what is the purpose of what we're doing? Ooh, I can, ooh. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm next. <laughs> uh, Nancy Pelosi is trying to see if enough Republicans will come over to not acquit the president. Because that is the Republicans' first line of defense. You only need a majority to acquit him. And so what they want is they want enough Republicans to hear witnesses. And really what they – like, if I'm being dead honest, what Nancy Pelosi does, because she's kind of a political genius, because her job is the politics. Her job okay. is not necessarily what's right. She is holding it up because the longer she holds it up, the longer we get into the election cycle. When Trump is going to have to defend himself in front of the American people while he's also doing rallies. Huge, but, huge point though about about getting to hear the witnesses, and and getting fifty one. All they need is four Republicans to, to say no. I'm not going to quit him. To to not acquit him right out of the gates. Because what Trump wants is Trump wants to be able to say, well, I wasn't impeached because I got acquitted. Oh, it's just those do nothing Democrats. There's, there's there's no situation in which he won't be acquitted. No. What's, well, what's it, the scenario where he won't, won't be acquitted? Because four Republicans don't if vote for four, his acquittal. Four Republicans decide that they want to at least have witnesses. Even if he doesn't get charged and removed from office, right. if four Democrats right up front decide they're not going to acquit him immediately, then it does go to the trial and so there would I be wanna, witnesses. I want to hear your guys' impression of what you think uh, this impeachment process will do to people in the middle who don't necessarily pre-register Democrat or pre-register Republican. Uh, if you hear witnesses... Independent, independent voters, what do you think the effect is of I mean, this process? My hope, anyway, would be... And, and I'm not going to delude myself to think that this might actually happen, right? It's probably not. He's probably going to get acquitted because there's 53 Republicans and... You know, you need four. You need 51 And, and, and if I can votes. extrapolate, not only so, what will happen in the next election for Trump, but what will happen in the next election for the House and the Senate. I just want to lump that in so, with, your, with your answer. I think if, by some miracle, the four Republicans flip and it goes to, like, a pu well, not public trial, because it'll do it like they did with Clinton behind, you know, do the actual examination of witnesses behind closed doors, but... Um, if all of those witness testimony occurs and is, you know, released to the public, and I don't, I really don't expect enough Republicans to flip to, to take them out of office, but I think that if all of that is actually hashed out, there's no way he comes out of it looking good. And I think that a lot of those people in the middle are not going to vote for him again. Didn't that already happen in the House trial, though, when that was televised to America? So only certain witnesses appeared. Only okay. They could only get certain witnesses, not really the key ones, not John Bolton, not Nick Mulvaney, not, um, you know, there's there's basically four witnesses. It was, it was, again, because the president chose to break the law <laughs> and not yes. allow people to... The reason they did not testify before the House, because they were subpoenaed to testify before the House, because the but the president the told them, no, don't go testify, ignore them. Which is breaking the law. Very breaking the law. Um, and, <laughs> but they just sort of didn't, and the House had enough to, to go forward with the articles of impeachment, because they didn't really need, it wasn't going to be that hard to, to pass it. So... 
I know you want my impression of what the voters will think, but first, can I give you my impression of Charlton Heston? Yeah, I, by all means. I love guns. The, that was I'm a pretty sorry, good impression. I love guns. I guns? With guns? Okay, yeah, sure. he is. So, uh, the yeah. voters, though, uh, I think are going to be... I, sorry, just to kind of answer your other part yeah, of the question. Please. I think I really I don't know. Um, it's hard to say because his base is going to get really riled up and def- and flock to his defense. The middle, it just depends on how close of attention they pay. Do they go in and actually read about the witnesses' testimony? Probably not. So, so uh, right. where are they getting their news from? Well, Going was, back to our previous discussion. Yeah. So, where do I think it's gonna? Like land the like the non-swayed voter is probably not probably not going to have a big effect because like I think if you're paying attention and you know when people are lying to you, people know that the president has done something wrong. I think where the Republicans have an argument and they haven't used it is if I don't agree with this, but I think your argument is this is a dumb law. Like it shouldn't be illegal that the president. Uh, like ask Ukraine for a favor, though. Do us a favor, though, is why he's a criminal. Right. That that argument requires first off an admission of guilt. It, he admitted it, and uh, he, he admitted it. He, he, we already know he's a criminal. It's done that part of it. Yeah. He he. The thing is, he thinks the law is dumb, so he thinks it doesn't like it doesn't matter if he like admits to it. Again, him. I, I think there are layers. Is, I think there are layers that are coming. I, I think when they make an argument, they make a manifold argument. They make an argument that starts with... Did you say a manifold argument? Because that guy is in jail because he's a criminal uh, and he's... He is manifold. Manifold as oh. in many things stacked on top of each other. There we go. <laughs> uh, so uh, first that, um, you know, he didn't do anything wrong, like starting with a, an argument about the facts. <laughs> Second of all, that what he did shouldn't be considered wrong. Right. And then, you know... Like, and then the Democrats are just trying to do a hoax investigation. Right. It's, like, it's the The, same thing. Yeah, a problem with the process. It's the same thing every time. Like, I didn't do it. Well, I did it, but it doesn't matter. I did it, and it doesn't... Well, maybe it matters, but they're only pushing it because this happened. Well, maybe I did it, but this person also did this other thing. I I want to write I write papers sometimes about how uh, shitty things <laughs> things are, and I would like to write a paper that just breaks down what this process is because it happens over and over and over again. Every time he gets accused of something. Yeah, but I I don't. You could do one really... of those memes that has like the different die and each side of the die says like one of those things yeah no but it's in a specific no it's in a specific order that's that's true it's not it's not a die it's a list (laughs) right so i I don't i don't automatically assume that it's been proven that the law means x trump violated x and therefore he broke the law, and so the only way for our conversation to continue is with the assumption that Trump broke the law. Like, maybe we'll get there. I don't know that we're there yet. I can get you there real quick. Okay. Uh, The law says you can't ask a foreign official for a thing of value. Trump then said, foreign official said... I don't know that that's true. You can't can't ask for something for 
personal gain. Right. You can ask for something that is for the benefit of the American people absolutely. or a benefit so, to the country. Absolutely. That is a very important point. You can't ask for something of value for personal gain. So sure. President Zelensky says we want to buy some of those dope ass American javelins uh, to help protect us from uh, Russia. <laughs> and the president says, sure. But first, can you do us a favor, though? That, though, that fucking sucks for the president because that's him saying, uh, yeah, we'll do that if you do this other thing. And that other with, thing with, is... Without deliberately saying that, though, I, I oh, think no. that would be a smoking gun if he said, all right, we will do that if you do this. He he says that late, like in the same paragraph. He says that. And that paragraph was Can released... Can you find the transcript and read from the transcript? Absolutely. Because that would be fun. I I, th I think that there is just a, a a shade, and even if it is like half of a split hair, I think there is a shade of wording that we're not. I feel quite... like "do us a favor" though is going to be the new. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. So sure, maybe. so cool yeah. there. Colbert has literally like turned it into a theme song. Like, <laughs> if you're ever wondering if the president did a crime, just remember this simple jingle. Trump asked him, do us a favor, though. Oh okay, so so to to draw it back just for a second, though, as as a voter that's looking at that, if I've already decided I get my, my news from Fox News and I like Donald Trump no matter what he does, mm -hmm. and he's, and he's pulling these gangster moves of strong-arming small countries, I'm not sure that just because that's defined as a crime that I like Donald Trump less. For, so fine. for pulling a big dick energy gangster move but on a smaller country. My hope, my, my sincere hope, and I have this basic same hope in the 2016 election cycle as well, but I love thinking about this sort of thought experiment where like not thought experiment but just future projections right what what could happen in, in a happy andy world <laughs> oh i could see trump gets impeached and or has gotten impeached the trial let's say those those republicans they swing so that those witnesses come out and and give their testimony and even though the the senate then votes to uh, vote not guilty and he stays in office and finishes out his term because there's not enough Republicans Those with integrity. Those witnesses will pop up on the news. Those witnesses are going to be all over the news. The his, Trump's base is going to fragment a bit, so he's down to maybe like fourth of the country. Meanwhile, those other conservatives oh, no, he's start to kind of <laughs> shake it off. There's a third of the country that's never, no, never moved not. away from that guy. But um, but the remain the remainders uh from the Republican Party kind of shake it off a little bit and trudge their way over to the Libertarian Party, and that becomes kind of in competition with Republicans and the conservatives. And you have kind of two groups then duking it out over there on the right, and then the the Democrats kind of split into this sort of centrist party and the socialist left-wing progressive party, and we now have a four-party system, and together we go in and change the election laws and how elections are conducted entirely to accommodate multiple parties. And as a nation, we move forward. That's my dream. I just want health care. Really, <laughs> really um, uh, that's my little dreamland. But health care would probably work its way in there somewhere. So, President Zelensky, I would also like to thank you for your great support in the area of defense. 
We are ready to continue to cooperate for the next steps. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. The President. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot, and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say CrowdStrike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server. It was, it was cloud-based, so it, there's not a server. Uh, they say the whole uh, they say Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on the whole situation. I think you're, sound, you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I'd like you to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it, if that's possible. Criming a criminal. All right. To, for, for, for some of the listeners who maybe struggle like I do with deciphering Trump talk because it's all over the place and a whole lot of stuff that is just nonsensical and non sequiturs and things. What did he just say? Can you break that down? Back check. Back check. Back check. Welcome to the segment of the show I like to call Fact Check. It's when I realize that we said something that doesn't make sense and I come back in and I fix it later. First of all, Javelins are portable fire-and-forget anti-tank missiles that use infrared guidance so that users can take cover after launch, and they work by attacking modern tanks from above where their armor is weakest. They're a steal at only $174,000 per missile. Launchers are sold separately. Secondly, cloud-based computing. Cloud-based computing simply means that you store programs and other types of data on the internet and access it from there instead of your hard drive. Think about Google Docs as opposed to old school Microsoft Office when the standard was writing a document on your PC and storing it to your hard drive. This data is normally decentralized, being stored across several servers instead of just one. This provides for additional security and it also protects your data so in case a server dies, your data still exists on other servers. Lastly, and sort of most complicatedly, uh, we're going to talk about CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike Holdings, Inc. is a cybersecurity technology-based company based in Sunnyvale, California. It provides endpoint security, threat intelligence, and cyber attack response services. They are the company that was hired by the Democratic National Committee to investigate and find the hackers who breached the DNC servers in 2016. There are a bunch of right-wing conspiracies because it was the first company to publicly release evidence that uh, Russia was responsible for the hacks. According to U.S. intelligence, these conspiracy theories are pushed by Russia to make it seem as though Ukraine was responsible for the hack instead of them. There's a theory that a rich Ukrainian owns CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike is actually owned by two Americans, George Kurtz, who was born in New Jersey, and Dmitry Alperovich, who was born in Moscow but is a U.S. citizen and has been since he was a teenager. As far as I can tell, he moved to Canada when he was 14, and a year later, when he was 15, moved to the United States. So he's been living in the U.S. since before he could drive. There's another conspiracy that they were founded in the Ukraine. Uh, they were founded in California. 
There's a third conspiracy that CrowdStrike has physical possession of the DNC servers in the Ukraine. Uh, they never had the DNC servers. They imaged the hard drives and the memory in order to do their investigation. This is done in the cloud. Uh, CrowdStrike uses Amazon Web Services for their data storage. In addition, they've turned over all for forensic evidence and analysis to the FBI. And lastly, there's a uh, theory that they're in cahoots with the Democratic Party. They've worked for both Democrats and Republicans, and they consider themselves to be nonpartisan. So there you go. Let's get back to the show. Back check. Back check. Back check. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Uh, none of that matters because asking for that information, asking for that server, that is a thing of value. To we're, we're done here. To to him personally or to the country? Uh, or invest, both. Investigating the Bidens would definitely be a thing thing of value. Investigating Hillary Clinton would definitely be a thing of value to him personally. It specifically meant would to it, help him and his campaign. Maybe I agree with you. Maybe maybe I I have already accepted that as true. But what if there's an argument to be made that that is something that is for the good of the American people and good for the country. Well, I would have liked to have had the Republicans make that argument at any point during the impeachment. None of them defended him as a person. None of them said he was a good guy. None of them said he was honest. What they did was they said the process was a sham. So I have nothing to go in and investigate to see if they have a valid point. They literally did not make an argument either good faith or bad faith, they just said, this process is crappy. On one side, you have the president broke the law, and on the other side, you have people saying... No, so here's no, another no, another point with the impeachment. No, they didn't say no, he didn't. That's the thing. Nobody said that here's he didn't break the law. What they said was, this is a crappy process. Yeah. Like, we don't like that law. No, you're, you're right. But there's another aspect, I guess, of this conversation, which is what is a an impeachable offense? Being impeached for something, it's not um, isomorphic with the law, right? Ooh, can you this, help me with isomorphic? The same set of laws that apply to you and me are not the same laws they do apply to the president, but they're not the same for impeachment purposes. So, for example, you wouldn't impeach a president for, say, stealing a candy bar is that Even the root definition of isomorphic? Isomorphic would mean a one-to-one -one mapping. Now I I can't I'm I'm not going to define it very easily without high-level map I would be terms. I would be happy to look at. But up, basically, but... isomorphic means the same. Mm. Okay, like like symmetrical. Yeah, basically. So, for instance, what you wouldn't impeach president for, even for something like maybe physically assaulting someone, if he punched a reporter, you wouldn't probably impeach him for that. Where he might get charged in a civil lawsuit or something, right? right? But but he wouldn't get impeached for that. On the flip side, if I call up President Zelensky and be like, "Hey, I've got some military aid for you," like I can't do this, let's right? Say, I can't do say, this. So the point is that it's not the same set of rules. For deciding impeachment. Let's say, for example, I called up President Zelensky and I said, <laughs> the other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, that sounds horrible to me. 
Wait, so so did you end the quote before that sounds horrible to me? That that is your that is your statement or that's part of the It sounds horrible to me. Comes that's right out of the president. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's so not, right ahead of the president. He's, Notice he, you don't specify he, which orifice. The thing is, he broke the law. <laughs> he, there's, there's a bunch of things. Like, he, he broke the law. That doesn't necessarily mean he should be removed from office. But the thing is, there wouldn't have been an impeachment had he said, oh, yeah, oops. But he didn't. He he didn't acknowledge it. What do you what do you mean by that? He so, tried to cover it up. The the problem is that he well, said he didn't do it. A problem. And then he said he did do it. He did the thing that you talked about. He said that he didn't do it, and then he came out and said it's not a big deal. And then his lawyer said he did it, but it wasn't a big deal. And then his chief of staff said that he did it all the time, but it wasn't a big deal. We need to get over it. He did. He did it. I I know you want to look at it like we're in a perfect world with perfect information all of the time, and that. It is a one-to-one correlation between isomorphic. Like, an isomorphic <laughs> relationship. Nice. Boom. Where there's this well-defined crime, and that's definitely what he did, and he definitely did a crime, and that the crime needs to be punished without any outside context or outside complications. I know this is... I'm about to tread on whataboutism. I'm, I'm about to go there. I'm about to go into whataboutism. But there are screwed up things that presidents do all the time, and I think there are a lot worse things, if you had perfect information all the time, that you could catch every president doing. Maybe that's not a good argument. Maybe that's not going to so put what, Trump here's off the, thing. the hook. Here's I, think, the thing. I think it's a good argument to get a lot more presidents arrested and impeached. It doesn't do anything to protect Trump from his actions. So I don't think that there's such a it's such a bad thing for impeachment to become a little more prominent. Side note, I think that it is ever since freaking Teddy Roosevelt even really the the executive branch has been just ballooning can, can, for can over a hundred years. If we're gonna hope for something, can we hope to elect somebody? That is not going to commit a bunch of crimes in office. That'd be great. <laughs> Instead, that'd be great. Like if we're wishing for something. Well, okay. Yeah, then, sure. Speaking of the president committing crimes that I think would be okay under certain certain circumstances. So forget about whether I think it was a good idea or not. President Trump, on his own, decided to assassinate a foreign head of state in General Soleimani, and he said it was because it was an imminent threat. Here's the thing. He, when you do that, you need to inform either Congress or you need to inform the Gang of Eight. If it is actually imminent, you can do it first and then notify them immediately after. Mm-hmm. He chose not to do that. What he did was he told a bunch of people at Mar-a-Lago that there was going to be a big <laughs> thing happening. There was going to be a big right. thing happening in Iran. All right. Well, God, he's such an asshole. He told, uh, he told Lindsey Graham, who is not on the Intelligence Committee exactly what he was going to do and what he has not done so far because it's been like a week and a half is shown anybody because i don't need to see it i don't need anybody in this no, room to the see senators it senators are coming out but of I need steamed a couple a couple of them are not great but the thing is i need our representatives to be able to see this imminent information and the thing is if as far as i'm concerned i do not like president trump but as far as i'm concerned if he can show proof that there was an imminent threat, which he has refused to do to anybody so far, he both broke the law 
and it was justified because he did it on behalf of the American people and saving lives. Okay, so, so if, wait, 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 real quick. So an example he, of breaking he, the law but not impeachable. He broke domestic law by not informing the Gang of Eight or uh, any of Congress. And he broke international law by assassinating a foreign head of state. I'm okay with both of those if he has proof that there was an imminent threat against the country. Dr. Stranging over here. So, go. so okay. So, I'm probably not the right one to make this argument. And I, I don't want to pretend like I am. If Iraq is an active war zone and our embassy in Iraq has been already attacked in an organized way there was this protest it spilled onto the lawn they broke some windows we came in with apache helicopters and broke up the dispersed the crowd um but we had ambassadors and american military personnel that were in this embassy who could have been imminently attacked so you've got iraq being this active war zone and you've got the quds force whom we have defined as an international terrorist organization. Now, you could argue about whether that classification is accurate or correct, but assuming that we've made that classification accurately and you have the leader of the Quds Force moving into an active war zone, there is a justification for assassinating a terrorist leader in a country where we have active military presence going on. Okay, so calling him a terrorist leader is not incorrect. However, he is also the roughly second or third highest ranking government official in Iran. Of I, Iran. I, I, I want so, to call Soleimani a mixed bag. Yes, I, I oh, think, for sure. I think and there listen, are good and bad things. No, tear, no, no, no sleep lost over his death over here. I, I'm not... Upset about it at all. Can I just real, real for... quick, not to interrupt you? There's another bad faith argument because nobody in the Democrats has ever said, like, Sam yeah. was a great guy, but Republicans are coming out and saying, oh, Democrats love terrorists. They're the best. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Right. right. No, I'm not. Put that up and defeat it but as the, a straw man, right. but I'm I'm personally not going to go there. Oh, I, go ahead. In no, no, no way, shape, or form am I accusing you of that. But I am I am gonna go there that I think Soleimani was good and bad. And I and probably if you're going to say that he's both good and bad, that probably lands you somewhere in bad. And what I'm saying is Republicans are attacking Democrats as if they've said things that they haven't. So the point so is, that's so, don't, so don't do that. That's I, a, yeah. I agree with your anyway. Thing. Moving on. Let's <laughs> let's not yeah. Let's that's, not knock down straw men. But at any rate, but I'm not putting saying, um, in people's mouth. But I'm not saying I'm not. The point here yeah, is yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you are making a bad faith argument okay. in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying Republicans are fair, fair, fair game. Anyway, but Soleimani. Yeah, he's he sucked and. Uh, I'm not upset at all that he was that he he's also dead. defeated ISIS. So I mean, if we're if we're talking about Are getting we considering ISIS defeated, uh, Syria. Uh, if 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 we're talking about accomplishing things like defeating a terrorist force, like I guess even if he's a bad guy, we kind of owed him funded one. terrorists. Yeah. And organized terrorists. Oh, and he's, like, he's he not went, so great. He's, this is a guy who's like basically running the same game both for the government and the for the black market, the side oh. groups, right? He's like top 
top dude in the across the Middle East among in before Iran's military and for all these like uh, all these different terrorist groups. If so if I may though, the top dog go, for them too. Go, go ahead. No please. no no, I'm trying to shut this down. I, so you I, make I, your yeah. point. So I want to I want to bring it back to the legality or illegality of assassinating him. Agreed. I what what I was gonna say is I kind of for the purposes of our argument here, I don't give a shit who Soleimani was. What I care about is mm-hmm. whether he was active in an imminent threat against American interests. Which, American people and American like interests. Congress, he could be a great me. guy. He could be a terrible guy if he was involved in an imminent threat against American interests. I, I, and by taking him out, that threat is negated. Then I think Donald Trump gets to break the law, and I am all on board. I want to go there too, but I don't have a lot to talk about there. It's a very short conversation. It's maybe he was. We in this room don't have the evidence that he was or wasn't. Well, that's, and the that's, problem is that's only I, about thirty seconds of talking about it. Right. The problem. The big is problem Congress is Congress doesn't, doesn't either. After having been briefed, quote unquote. <laughs> and once again, our criming president has not notified <laughs> the people he was supposed to notify to be able to take this action because the Congress shall have power to declare war, grant letters of marquee and reprisal, and make rules conquering captures on land and water. Did you come up with that? Commander-in-chief. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it sound <laughs> the, the United States president is commander-in-chief of the armed forces and has the power to engage the military. The Constitution right there. You want to pull it's it down? separate and apart from the declaration of war. Guess when the last time was that we declared war? <laughs> the last time that we declared war on a country, I want to say, was like World War II. And I think... We, we I no, never, Korea. And, and again, no, we Korea. did not declare war on Korea. Korea. Look it up. And did it, not declare war on <laughs> Korea. And again, I think, I, I hope I've made it clear that if Soleimani was in part of an imminent threat against our people and that taking him out would have negated that threat, I am on 100% on board with what Trump did. The problem is he has lied to us. He has sandbagged us so many times that he does not get the benefit of the doubt. What, what and else? moreover, he is required by law to notify Congress, at least the Intelligence Com- Committee, of his actions before he does them if it's not an imminent threat and I'm sorry if you're fucking telling people at Mar-a-Lago a week out before you've done the thing that something is coming up. It is not an imminent threat. What what will you allow or disallow as an imminent threat if the president has good information or bad information? That's the, what, I, what if the president makes his judgment based on information that might be incomplete or inaccurate but in his estimation amounts to an imminent threat. What are, what are you going to allow or what, disallow? Okay. What he could have done before it happened, an hour before it happened. For example, when uh, Obama took out bin Laden, the entire gang of eight was notified. But like they were notified of a plan that might happen at some point. So some of them were notified months out. They weren't all notified at the same time. They were notified separately. So we know, at minimum, Trump knew about this a week ahead of time. And if he had notified the Gang of Eight, 
and the Gang of Eight thought it was a bad idea, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if his information is, is unclear because his job is not to get their permission. His job is to notify them. I love how the Republicans are so concerned about process when it comes to any it, picking issues with, uh, with the impeachment process. They have no problem with overlooking process infringement with right and assassination, assassination oh, that might oh, okay, spark a world war. One one of these involves the imminent threat of a terror attack against an embassy. Let's say like one one of these is time sensitive and one of them is not. So here's the thing: Trump is also over the last several In days. Theory. So he has notified Laura Ingram to more information that he notified Congress of. Who's that? The, Laura Ingram is a Fox News contributor. Oh, great. And so he was on her show. So he's notified her and, you know, national television that uh, there were four embassies that were being targeted, including the one in Baghdad. Two days before, I don't want to give a timeline because I can't remember, but basically the first thing he said before that was they weren't exactly sure of where the targets were. And then he said it was an embassy. And then he said it was an embassy in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. And then he said it was two embassies. And then he went on Laura Ingram's show and said it was four embassies. He's a criming criminal who crimes. Well, he's a lying liar who lies. So, also so, that. So maybe I'm throwing in I think more obviously the wrong horse. Um, because I don't necessarily put the full weight of my personage behind an argument like this. But we don't necessarily know that there was or wasn't an imminent attack. And... I'm not saying that you need to give him the benefit of the doubt, but we we may find out or we may not find out that there was information that couldn't be made public because of a confidential informant at a high level in the Iranian government whose identity would be compromised. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't Look, like this argument. I don't want to be here's the here. Thing. I don't want to be the person making this argument because I'm very uncomfortable being here. But right, I mean, and that's well, possible. You, but that's put, just the thing. You've put uh, an obligation on yourself to defend the thing that you don't want to defend, and I would yeah. say that's not your <laughs> that's not your job on the podcast. Right. You, know, you don't have to be. I'm plenty of a contrarian, but I can't. Nobody else is doing it. You guys are welcome. But but like sometimes false equivalency is a thing. Sometimes not both both sides aren't always equally weighted. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't it's not your job to provide an equal argument on the other side when an equal argument doesn't exist. Right. Right, but I I, I think Well here's where here's where here's where you're right. I mean, we don't need to know. He needs to know. Right, and I my issue, what makes me terrified, shaking my or shaking my boots, I'm not terrified, but what makes me really upset about it, or what really bugs me, is he doesn't seem to know. Right, right. We just pointed out all the flippity flops and changes, which okay, maybe minor details, maybe he's sharing more as they've learned more, but they knew that there was something. But like, you got to be more sure than that before you go murder someone. He has to know, and we have to feel confident that he w- made a well-informed decision. And I don't know how anyone can make that argument right now based on what we've seen. So, a couple of things. I think for the president to not have done another impeachable crime, I need him to have proof of an imminent threat, and that Soleimani being taken out negated that threat. Or he's about to get the, again. Well, and I don't know if he will be, but... 
he could be. The president took an action by himself. The law said that he needed to notify the Gang of Eight at least. He and he and Pence have come out and said, well, Democrats can't be trusted. There's no evidence of that. And also, it doesn't matter if you think the Democrats can't be trusted because the law doesn't say notify the Intelligence Committee if you think they can be trusted. It says notify the Intelligence Committee. So, so is, is assassinating Soleimani an act of war? I, 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 okay, I think we're going to get tripped up over uh, agreeing on that definition or not agreeing on that definition. I happen to agree. I think if Iran sent a missile and assassinated Colin Powell or Pompeo or wh- like whatever, that's an act of war. I'm with you on that. But we're, we're in this wild west of undeclared wars, drone strikes, military actions to assassinate terrorists in foreign countries violating their sovereignty because we can and because we want to. Haven't declared any wars in like 70 years or right. something crazy. So, so, so that's if I have this gut feeling that I believe that that's a war crime and I agree with you. Is that still a, a legally defined war crime? And this is why I'm saying I I want to be on the president's side on this. I'm sorry, not war crime, act of war. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but that's, that's I, an, I misspoke is, there. Is a very important distinction. Um, that's why I'm saying if he doesn't provide us with proof, he just declared war, which is Congress's job. If he can provide us with proof, he did something that was justified. He did Commi- committing an act of war and declaring war are different. Mm. Mm. Com- committing an act of war and declaring war are different because we never even declared war against Vietnam. That that might be a fair point. So I there think, are five think, times in the nation's history has Congress declared war: War of eighteen twelve, Mexican American War, Spanish American War, World War One, World War Two. Those are the five exa- wars. Wait, exactly. Really quick, dear listener, I'd just like to point out, Andy just mentioned all those wars without looking at his phone once. <laughs> that was very impressive. He was looking up the whole time. Yes. But but notably, these historical events that you would look up in your textbook that are called the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, none of these were declared by Congress. So, sure. I mean, that is a whole new can of worms where... I I think we've kind of gone off the rails, but we're also in a different age. When when those laws were written, you lined up everybody on the battlefield with muskets and cannons and uniforms, and we're going to get on this hill, and you're going to get on that hill, and we're going to shoot at each other. And then at some point, we might surrender and have, uh, you know, everybody that's left alive will send them to the medics, you know, and, and we will, you know, declare retreats and, and things like that. In a, in a modern urban guerrilla war, which is basically exclusively what modern warfare is, except for in the case of, like, you know, naval warfare, air warfare, but when you're talking about ground forces... It's it's messy. We're in a different age. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we need to investigate those rules and change those rules. But if I'm being strict about um, you know declaration of war, we don't do that anymore. You're right, and I'm happy to set aside the war argument completely because I think again we're getting like we're making it too complicated. 
Maybe so, com- maybe Congress should be in charge of whether or not we assassinate a foreign head of state. According How to, about that? According to the law, the president shall ensure that the Congressional Intelligence Committees are kept fully and currently informed of the intelligence activities of the United States, including any significant anticipated intelligence activities as required by this subchapter. He we didn't... we already started violating that when the NSA uh, under the Patriot Act started spying on Americans. We okay. we already stopped informing Congress about that. That's not a lot like what about ism. Okay. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we we need a spray the... bottle that says <laughs> what about ism. Like no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the president committed a crime unless he shows us proof that there is an imminent danger to the US. And that's killing Soleimani stopped that danger. It's very simple. Is, is, that, like, is, killing, take, is killing a foreign citizen a crime? Foreign Murder official. generally is. Assassinating a foreign <laughs> head of state definitely is. Well, and you uh, can't just do is, that. Is, is, is it just is go it, though, kill people? Is that against American law? Who, you know what? Like, let's go ahead <laughs> and look that up. <laughs> All right. Why? So. At any rate, another wrinkle in all this is it happens right in the middle of having gotten impeached and the trial okay, with I, the Senate. I do Senate. love this. It, it, the t- so, so I, I not, times, I'm not saying I'm putting much into this argument. I don't really. I don't. I, gosh, I really, really don't want to think that he would just go murder the Iranian head of state. Ah, uh, well, to distract from his own impeachment that's exactly trial. What he did. That's what I. He, that's exactly. Like, what he did. I don't I know if a distraction. I, murder him. We don't, we don't have proof. I don't know if I fully. I don't know if I fully buy into this. Ooh, but I do love the clips <laughs> of him criticizing Obama and the tweets of him criticizing Obama, saying, "Look, mark my words now, because this is going to oh. come. This is going to come to pass. Obama will start a war with Iran to get in, in order to get reelected. He will do it." At, at this particular timing, in order to get reelected, because he can't get reelected otherwise. Our president will start a war with Iran because he has absolutely no ability to negotiate. He's weak and he's ineffective. So the only way he figures that he's going to get reelected, and as sure as you're sitting there, is to start a war with Iran. I believe that he will attack Iran sometime prior to the election because he thinks that's the only way he can get elected. Isn't it pathetic? Okay, so I mean, I am I'm pivoting here because I'm not I'm not going to defend Trump on this one. But uh I mean I think it's very entertaining that he made all of these statements and said, you know, Obama is so weak, he's going to have to do this in particular in order to get reelected. And maybe there are lots of details that we don't know about this, but from a surface reading, from a not very deep reading of this, and maybe with a further deeper reading on it, but it could be interpreted that what he is doing is starting a war because he will have to get reelected to not be changing course during a war. We saw this with Bush Jr. He's it's called wagging the dog. What he's doing is wagging the dog. I was very nervous during the Bush years. I was very distrustful of the federal government. I thought horrible things were going on. We had 
you know, both of these wars starting up and Patriot Acts passed. I mean, and you were right. Sure. Okay. So we'll give me that I was right. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> accurately worried. And then he gets reelected, and I knew people who voted for him the second time, and I asked them why, and they didn't want to. Ch- I forget the exact wording. It was like they didn't want to change the ship's course halfway through it's, a war. There's a bunch of them. You want to don't want to change horse mid race. You don't, don't want to change horse. You don't want to change and I'm like, midstream. I was like, that don't. If you have an argument, please make that argument. Don't make that argument. Please, please have a better no, reason than not changing horses mid race. That is so disingenuous. Say that you assume that George Bush. Uh, committed all of these literal, like Geneva con- Convention, literal war crimes. He's a war criminal. I and, and, say that and up. he is and he is war. Cr- well, I'm not necessarily giving you that, but I'm saying let's <laughs> assume that. And let's assume that he lied to Congress and started two unfunded wars, basically unilaterally, without anybody else needing to approve it. We're just we went boom. We're at war now on false information against the wrong enemies making america less safe in the world ruining our reputation just doing terrible terrible things to america why does that person have the integrity to continue their horse through the race if if you thought any of that you're going to shoot their horse and then beat it you should probably hop off and get on another horse. <laughs> if your horse is super shitty, you shouldn't, keep, you shouldn't keep on that horse. I don't know. I think right now the the problem is, according to the Washington Post, Trump is now over 15,000 lies in his administration, like since he became president. And let's say they're wrong by a factor of 90%. Let's say that he's only that he's only lied a tenth of that time. That means he's told fifteen hundred lies. There's nothing saying that they're wrong about any of them, but I understand that it's hard to believe. Are we cool with a president that lies fifteen hundred times to the point where we're willing to accept an action like this without any proof? So, so you're extrapolating from. All right, let's throw out 90% of them, but let's accept that 10% of them are fact. Maybe if we looked at them individually, I would find that they are lies depending on your point of view. Sure. And that's and why all, giving... all of them, not not even 90% of them, 100% of them so... are based on <laughs> where you're getting the news from and what your personal perspective ah, is. See, that is a problematic argument because I do not believe <laughs> uh, believe is the wrong word conservatives are full of shit when they say the ma- mainstream media is wrong all the time you can take it story by story and if you think something is wrong with a story you should absolutely source it from multiple places in fact you should be sourcing your news from multiple places in general except for what you get from us but let's <laughs> let's say let's say you did think like let's say you did think the mainstream media are liars. Do you think they're liars ninety percent of the time? Because a lot of these lies, they're just the president saying a thing and then saying the opposite thing. There's a difference between integrity and statistics. 
you're trying to make a statistical argument that you know if they throw out all of this stuff that well they surely must be right at least ten percent of the time and i would say i think i would say i think they're i think they're right 90 percent of the time but i'm willing to cede that let's let's say that 90 percent to show that he's still a liar let's say that their integrity is so shitty and that's not necessarily a given but let's say that their integrity is so shit that they would be willing to lie 90 percent of the time why would you rule out that last 10 percent as being truth by probability well the problem the real issue is you cross the threshold and it is oh much lower than 90 percent but you cross the threshold at like probably 20 to 25 percent where it's just not a reliable source anymore i don't know when they're lying and when they're telling the truth and i'm just not going to go to that source anymore because this it's too unreliable i need to have a very low margin of falsehoods what about, in order to consider that a viable source at all? What about all the mainstream media? And I, I don't know which co- company this was. I probably should be sourcing which company this was. But what about all the mainstream media that had a breaking news story about Jeffrey Epstein and as an editorial decision threw out their witness testimony, their investigation, all mm-hmm. of this really good stuff that, oh, by the way could have clued in the country about a a, a, fake a, a pedophile and a uh, sex trafficking monster a decade before this story broke mm-hmm. and they swept this news under the rug as an editorial decision yeah i mean do you do you think that you give those people the credit of 10% well no you get you raise a really good well, point because there's a lot of different ways that media sources, and now we're into a whole nother topic, but there's a lot of ways that media sources skew what you, you the way you, you view the world. One is by the way they phrase a story, the way they word it. Other ways, though, is just simply by what stories they tell in the first place and what stories they don't tell more specifically. So here's here's always my problem with these arguments is the facts are out there. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. We can't. I'm I'm happy to see them that that ten percent. I don't think that the company that threw out the Epstein uh, the Epstein information is corrupted completely because of that one shitty decision. I think we can look at their individual stories and either they were factual or not. Like that's the thing. That's why I'm saying like instead of saying when I find a story that is unlikely if, if i find something that seems too good to be true or seems wild i look for three wildly different news agencies to find that story from and i read all three articles and there's an excellent chance that they are right as a whole the epstein thing was horrible mm. but what makes them terrible like at least for the reporting of the epstein death what makes a news organization terrible is if they reported the wrong information at first did they correct it later that's all I need. Mm. I don't need you to be right when you initially uh, report a story. I need you to be accurate based on the facts that were available at the time. And if you find out that you're wrong, I need you to own up to it and fix your problem. You're, you're still probably, I mean, that sounds very fair. You're still probably committing a disservice if you get it wrong the first time 
to a huge audience and then you find out mm-hmm. you were wrong later and you kind of oh, well yeah no it way. doesn't you yeah. know as as a like a superscript at the bottom of a newscast like oh by the way we were tacked no the, the, the data backs that up completely but, in fact even if you make a big deal about if you really really make a big deal about having to run a story back so i people so still don't buy it my my main point is and this is <laughs> I'm, I'm not particularly proud of this but my main <laughs> point is I don't I no longer doubt the existence of infinite corruption. I no longer doubt the existence of existential evil. If you tell me that um you know every news organization in the country has conspired together in order to change the truth for a purpose of propaganda or to sweep a news story under the rug or to deceive the American people, guess what? I will investigate that, but I won't doubt it on its face. I won't assume that that's untrue. I think this is a thing we should have a whole episode about conspiracies, about sure about this stuff that is incredibly hard to believe but might be true. Maybe that's the episode that will invite Alex Jones. Ooh, AJ. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. I think um I rate. think we need to talk about politics more often because we apparently all like it except for <laughs> I feel bad, Pat, cuz No, like, I don't I don't like being here. I would rather talk about anything else. But this that, is this has been fun. Right. This has been fun. And I think moving forward you need to know like the only obligation you have is to tell your truth. If you don't sure. feel it's it's not our job to defend the president here if we don't think he needs defending. But the opposite is true. I'm not going to shit on him for things that I think he's done well. That that luckily does not come up very often. Right. Well, I think I think we've made a more interesting conversation today than than three guys like piling on and only agreeing yes, about things. Um, ooh, I, ooh, what about this? What if we each decide to, like, we'll have a uh, D6 that will uh, go ahead and cut in half, <laughs> and uh, we'll go ahead and roll to see who has to be devil's advocate for that episode. So I, I think <laughs> that I have the most, uh, I think I have the most stake in it, because I think I'm the only person who even, like, one quarter of one eighth of one third believes what the president said. Like I, I think I'm the only one who has a horse in that race. Yeah. So I think I think that puts the impetus on me to I to think... have an impassioned defense of like the exact the exact truth rather rather than like all of us piling on and like possibly exaggerating or strawmanning well, the I... argument. The all arguments need to be represented, and I think we did a good job. You know, I think that that kind of happened today. We looked at a lot of different arguments. Nathan doesn't necessarily believe in that that all arguments deserve merit. Well, no, no, no. I think I think all arguments deserve merit based on their merit. Yes, that sounds great. Um, I don't, I don't even have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I, what's the? I scale my my belief. My my belief is scaled based on the evidence. Right. Right. So, 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 does anyone want to make like a uh, like a wrapping up? Like, what what was your points that you liked to hear today? <laughs> so, this is not a wrap. Aww. I thought we were doing a new segment. No, I wish. I uh, don't have those. Welcome to the skills. lightning round. 
<laughs> but like, yeah, basically, my the the impeach. I I don't mind seeing him get impeached, but I think it's probably going to backfire on Democrats for the most part. Um, what he did was definitely a crime, and I think I think an impeachable one. But I don't know that it. If they had just waited a little bit longer till after the missile strike, yeah. they might have had a better case because this is more <laughs> the the whole. The whole Soleimani assassination, I think, would have been a way better impeachment target. Hey, maybe they pick that up after the Senate acquits the president of these for the first round. But all in all, screw this guy, and I know he's going to be back. I know he's going to be back, for, and he's going to win again. And it just, oh, he, I just can't stand listening to him talk. <laughs> I, every time he opens his mouth, it hurts my brain. Mm. That's my takeaway. Am I? Am I next? Okay. okay. I like that we are acknowledging that there's a whole half of the country that maybe has different opinions to what I would like fire from the hip the president and about the impeachment proceedings and about possible war with Iran. Um, I like that we're representing multiple opinions and having a nuanced argument about it. And I like that we're getting to exact wording of laws and that if we don't know something that we're willing to look it up. And I like that we have a space where these opinions can get aired, but still dissect those opinions and have a fair criticism about that. You know, if you believe something, I think we should really investigate the reasons uh, why you believe it rather than uh, take it at face value. So I think it's good to be airing out some of these things and, like, looking at the, the reasons behind them. I think the Democrats also probably shot themselves in the foot politically. I think it was done purposely, I think, at least. I, Nancy Pelosi was fighting back against impeachment for the longest time and then the president committed a crime and then threw it in front of our faces and released a transcript and said that he did it and everybody else said he did it i think she felt like she didn't have a choice at that point the thing that frustrates me a lot of the time about trump is i don't think we should be supporting candidates so much as we should be supporting values mm. and so if you attach yourself to a specific candidate that's why I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for. I mean, I'm going to vote for whoever gets the nomination because I'm voting against Trump. I voted, <laughs> I voted against Trump last time. I'm going to vote against Trump this time. But I haven't like thrown my support behind anybody because there, there are a bunch of people on that Democratic stage that I like. I like Andrew Yang. And I, I want to like, do that episode, too. I like Warren. Pro- yeah, problems with the Democrats? <laughs> Just well, no. I, I, I totally want to go there. I didn't. I would I didn't, love to. I didn't spend sure. a lot of time today grilling the Democrats, but I would love to grill. Yeah, I would. I would love to do that, but I Let's meant more episode. going through the candidates and talking listen, about them. I have to listen to this whole episode and pull candidates. out like all the like. We should do an episode about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we have I about think, fourteen episodes. I think. Yeah. I think cult of personality is a problem, and I think. When you support a guy, no matter what, you end up having to argue for things that you fundamentally disagree with because you're supporting the guy, you're not supporting the actions. Yeah. And I think that's really, like, I think that's that's a good characterization of where we are. And, like, I'm, I desperately try not to be, like, I don't want to be anti Trump just to be anti Trump. I want to find the good things that he's done 
it's incredibly hard. It is really hard that's to a, do that. And that's, you know, you, you we joked about NPR coming out on, oh, are they really center and stuff? But that's exactly the thing. I listen to them and they try, they try so hard to talk about <laughs> what Trump has done and try to be, not laugh at it, basically. Like, and not... Uh, and like, because they're trying to stay yeah. as middle as possible, but he is so, uh, like, off the reservation that it's very hard for them to talk about him seriously. And, well, let's... <laughs> it's kind I, I, of amusing. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and start... Uh, let's wrap things up. Precious Moments. Yeah. Um, was there anything that happened to you guys this week? Uh, we were talking about like stuff that made us happy in the past, or like stuff that like uh, like in the past week. Is there anything that made you laugh hysterically this week? I, for example, the reason I bring it up is I rewatched uh, Sticks and Stones uh, Chappelle's uh, stand-up routine because mm. because he won the Mark Twain Award this last week. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the Mark Twain Award. Tiffany Haddish was there. Uh, John Stewart was there. The for those who don't know, the Mark Twain Award. It's uh, presented to. It's been presented to uh, Tina Fey and Will Ferrell and Richard Pryor, and it's presented every year to a different comedian that exemplifies like the best in comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, it is always worth watching. It's like it's on PBS, so not many people know it exists. I did not know it. Existed. But you can find it on. Uh, I think you can find the whole thing on YouTube. But it was riotously hilarious. It was so good, and it's people talking about Dave Chappelle's past and like how they met him and why he's important. And I just, ah, man, I love Dave Chappelle. He's brilliant, yeah, for sure. So that was the thing that made me like laugh uproariously anything like that made you laugh or like that you thought was made you particularly happy this week i'll I'll go so um so yesterday uh me and my mom we kind of talk about like the things that are going on in the day and like politics and this is kind of an old issue but we it it came up like the the me too and like louis ck and um Mm. harvey weinstein and I was kind of like drawing a distinction of degrees and proportionality because I don't think that that's one to one the exact same thing. No. Um, but they are they are both kind of like part of this. Holy shift. crap! How creepy. They're they're part of this uh, shift culturally that we are we're not accepting those things anymore. And would, my mom has, I would say like we should do an episode about that, but we should absolutely not do an episode about that without one of our female friends joining us with right. a female guest. To, yeah, uh, I mean, help balance or, us out. Or if we can have a, a nuanced opinion about it. But yeah, I mean it would probably improve it, yeah, uh, to have a, a female guest. But um so she said she said like the funniest thing um, so she said about Harvey Weinstein, um, she, she said, and I, I wish I had the exact, like, the text or the, uh, like, the exact word. Transcript. The transcript <laughs> of what, Redacted. what we said, but she said essentially, like, 
if you look at Harvey Weinstein, there's no other way that that guy is going to land like beautiful young actress women. <laughs> and I just like, I died because that, I mean, that's so true. And I thought that was just like such a hilarious take. <laughs> that, that, that dude is say, ugly as a motherfucker. Here's, here's the biggest problem with Weinstein. He's not funny. You can get girls if you're funny, but uh, it's not going to work. No. Or I should say partners if you're funny. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, did, did anything make you laugh this week? Um, Or happy or sad or excited? Horny? Whatever. Uh, you know what? I um. Let me tell you what made me super horny this no, week. No, not, <laughs> not a horny there. thing. Um, just sort of a, I don't know. I, I was vibing really hard. I've been I've been vibing with Beethoven recently, and so yeah. I busted out um the Seventh Symphony the other night with a glass of wine and just really listened to it, and it was very. What's your system? Did you have like the speakers on the computer or speakers downstairs or something? Uh, I I was it was just downstairs on the speaker, yeah, on on Google Home. Um, but like but, a nice full sound, like a nice like fill the room like warm, nice and loud. Yeah. And he's clearly the most vinyl, cultured like, out of all of us. <laughs> I had I give a you glass a one hundred percent guarantee. Scotch and a my, glass like, of wine. My favorite thing of the week will never be Beethoven. I don't have anything against Beethoven. I think I really, 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 really love Beethoven. And here, and I, maybe we'll do. I'll do an episode about him because he just his life and he as a person he was a weird dude. Wasn't what he a, deaf? He he went deaf over the course of. A long time. Like That's a shame. Twenty, That's thirty really years. Too bad. Well, he was funny. He, he played some practical joke. Like he whatever. was a riot. He was really, you know, I I don't know about you, but I have sort of like a list of historical eccentrics that I wish I could travel back in time and like hang out with them for a day. Yeah. Just do weird shit with these weird people. And Beethoven's pretty high on that list. Another um, Hector Berlioz is another composer that's pretty high on that list. He was just he was just a weird dude. I don't know who that is. Uh, that's okay. He's a guy. We'll, we'll Hector Berlioz. Anyway, um, we'll another one on. actually, and, and I I'll mention this. Berlioz know who he is. Because I'm definitely going to do an episode on this guy. Guys, did you hear um, when I said I Berlioz? Uh, no, that's, that is good. I'm, I'm laughing on the inside. <laughs> you don't hear me laughing, um, but <laughs> it's, it's like a mental thing that's going on. I'm good times. I'm having a brain laugh. So another eccentric, and I'm definitely doing an episode on this guy at some point, Earl Landgrebe. And he's come up, this is, he was a senator, uh, no, a representative and a senator, state senator, U.S. House of Representatives. At the same time? No, he was a a representative from (laughs) Illinois during the Nixon impeachment, and I've heard him come up in reference a couple times on various other shows about impeachment stuff. Uh, Weird dude. I'm going to talk about him later. Sweet. Cool. Well, uh, maybe that wraps it up for yeah, yeah, yeah. the day. But well, everybody, thank you for listening to Be the Dead Source. I think uh, that does it for us. And uh, I don't enjoy I, this podcast and hit us back with let us know what your thoughts are. I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Thanks for coming by. Love you. Thanks.
like coming up with a name organically like during the podcast. Stuck I mean, there on is, you. There, there is something funny about like precious moments. That's what I'm saying. I mean, mm. <laughs> that's. <laughs> but I, I hate it, but it's funny. 